Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in Genesis chapter 8, verses 1 through 22. The title of this sermon is, Noah Waited and Worshiped God. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. And then we see in verse 12, it says, Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. So Noah still waits. The dove doesn't return. And it's time. But again, Noah's patient. And let me tell you something. For us to be be Christ-like is for us to be patient. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to be... uh, okay with being patient and waiting for God's will to be done in our lives for prayers to be answered in Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23 it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law if you're going to be a follower of Christ one of the things that you need to learn is to wait on God's will We talked about that this past week and in Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 it says therefore as an elect of God holy and beloved put on tenderness mercies kindness humility meekness and long suffering now you may think well I want my answer now you need to be patient you need to be patient God was patient with us. He long suffered as we lived in sin. And yet He continued to keep reaching out to us to try to save us. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. As also our beloved brother, according to the wisdom given to him, is written to you. It's a reminder to us but there may be somebody in your life that you're really praying for and you need, to, you need to be patient. Be patient. I know it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to minimize what you're going through. We all have family members that we would love to know that they would come to follow Jesus Christ. And with through prayer and long suffering, through long talks, be humble, be meek, be patient. 
It's not, I can tell you this is probably one of the worst things for men is patience. We struggle with that. Why? We're supposed to fix stuff. We usually jump in and try to fix it, but we're not patient. And we don't listen. Sometimes all our wives are wanting us to do is listen. We're not long-suffering. Let me just fix the problem. Right? Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on that one too. Okay? But I can tell you one secret that I started doing. I started asking, do you want me to listen or fix it? It's not that I don't care. It's like, but in my head, I start trying to fix it. Because that's what men do. And, and so sometimes just saying, hey, let me be patient. Do you want me to listen? Do you want me to pray with you? How, what do you want to do? Man, it'll save, save many gray hairs off your head if you do that. Okay? In verse 13 of Genesis 8, it says, In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from, from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark, and look, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. And so now there's the canopy's gone. You have UV rays that are coming through now. Uh, and yet everything's dry. Now how long was Noah in the ark? We know that Noah was... Enter, entered the ark on the 600th year of his life and on the 17th day of the second month uh, that's in Genesis chapter 7 verses 11 through 13 but Noah left the ark on the 27th day of the second month it just depends on how you look at it if you use the lunar calendar of 360 days or you use uh, you know there's different the Jewish calendar hadn't been set yet but you're looking at approximately 370 days on the boat. Think about that. That's patience. Chaos is happening around you. The world is gone. It's flooded. People gone. And they're on a boat for 370 days. Approximately 370 days. Can you imagine being on a boat that long? I can because why? I'm in the ark. Who's in control? God. Now just think about the, the disciples when they're in the boat and the storm's happening. They're freaking out. But they forgot who was in the boat with them. Sometimes that's what you're forgetting. Who's in the boat with you? Christ. Christ. Don't forget that. That's very important. And, I, and again, God is in the details. He's given dates, months. I mean, he's not playing around. He says in verse 15, Then God said to Noah, Now this is very important. We're going to spend a little time here, especially with Mother's Day coming up. Then God said to Noah, and so God speaks to the leader of the home. He doesn't speak to the wife. He doesn't speak to the sons. Because who's in charge? It's the, the father. The father. There's a hierarchy here. And so with that hierarchy, it's a reminder to us that, that God looks to Noah as the leader. So in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23 through 25, a verse y'all are very familiar with, it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself is the Savior. 
Now as the church submits to Christ, so also the wife should submit in everything to their husbands. Now I want to make sure this is very important. It's like when we look at this, Noah was a man that we should look at as a leader in a way that we should be as husbands. Um, it, it's important because Noah was a servant. Noah was a servant, and that's what we have to be as men. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 11, it says, The greatest among you shall be your servant. The greatest among you shall be your servant. We are called to serve in the home, in the marriage, right? We set the example. And so if we don't do that, it creates chaos in the house. We have to be teachable. We talked about that this weekend, and that's for everybody. But if a husband, if a father is not teachable, we got problems. If you're not continually growing in the Lord, like if you think you've hit some, like I've got it all figured out, we need to talk, because you don't. There's always something that God is trying to teach you and show you. And as followers of Christ, we have to be ready to, to, to accept those things. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the things that God is trying to show you can be extremely difficult. And they're to grow you because we are his masterpiece. Right? And Proverbs 19 verse 20 says, Listen to advice and accept instructions that you may gain wisdom in the future. So as men, we have to be able to accept advice and instruction. I still do. I had to seek advice from Pastor Joe this past week, my senior pastor. I, I, I'm learning too. We all are. And we should continue to grow. The other is you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, connected to the power of the Holy Spirit, as a man, as a husband. In Acts chapter 6, verse 3, Therefore, brothers, pick up out among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, from, uh, from whom he will appoint to this duty. You also have to be a model of humility and forgiveness. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God has forgave you. You have to be able to be the example of humility, the example of forgiveness. And this is not easy. There are going to be times when you get knocked down. But are we going to turn to Christ? That's the key. We're going to turn to Christ. It's not about patching things up in the marriage. It's not about patching things up with your son or your daughter. It's about you getting right with Christ. If you're going to lead your home... Do it with humility and forgiveness. I can tell you guys, I this is something I'm still working on after 37 years of marriage. And every time I think I got it figured out, God knocks me right on my butt and reminds me, you have, you got to, your compass is me. You look to me. That is my daughter. Those are my children. How are you going to treat them? That's why he looks at Noah as a leader. But he's also loving those who he leads in john chapter 13 verse 34 through 35 a new commandment i give to you that you love one another just as i have loved you you also are to love one another by this all people will know you that you are my disciples if you love one another now humility and forgiveness 
being filled with the Holy Spirit, being teachable, right? And, and loving one another, those are all things that can be practiced by also the wife and the kids. But it's the father, the husband that sets the example. When that does not happen, chaos ensues. Because if you will not lead your home, the devil will. Okay? Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Nothing that I have already obtained, this is already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. You need to be able to admit your failures in the areas you need to grow. That's the whole purpose of why we'll get together as a men. Is that we need to be able to be honest with each other. We need to be able to say, hey, you know what? I, I, man, I, I wish I could have spoken better to my daughter. I wish I could have spoken better to my son. Man, I need prayer. We, we keep button heads. I, I, I watch my, my wonderful brother-in-law. He's got two teenage kids. And that boy is every chance he can get just punching. You know how you are as a little boy? When you're 13, 14, you think you know everything. And you got to come back for every little comment. And, and praise God, I'm like, Lord, they're, they're going through it right now. And I remember that stage when my son was that way. It's tough. But we have to admit, hey, you know, maybe, maybe I need to sit down with them. Maybe I need to talk to them and say, you know, when you do this, it's very disrespectful. I love you, but you need to correct it. Would we do that? But if somebody did that to you, the way you treated me, hurt me, would you be able to accept it? Would you be able to admit, you know what, I have, I failed you. I failed you. As a husband, as a father, can you do that? Because that takes humility. And that's what a lot of men don't want to have. Look, it's not about, look, I'm all about you fighting for your family. I'm all about you standing up for your family. I'm all about you just doing what God has called you to do for your family. But you need to do it with humility and meekness. You know what meekness is? It's power under control. That says more about a man when they have power under control. When they can do that. I can tell you I failed that last week. I had power, but it was not under control. And again, I, it's like I told you, as a pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't always do everything correct. I'm, I'm in the same boat you're in. And sometimes I'm in the boat yelling at the storm. And I forget Jesus is right there in the boat. <laughs> I'm like, or I'm trying to control everything with the boat, and I just need to let it go like Noah. God's got it. What am I doing? I did that this week. I finally, we had something come up that was pressing, and I... I just told Teresa we're going to pray about it. God's got it. I'm not, I'm not dealing with it until God tells me it's time to deal with it. I need to be able to step out in faith when it's time, when it's in his timing, not mine. Because it's so easy to do that. So men, when, when he goes to Noah, he goes to Noah as the leader. We are called to lead your homes. We are called to be the husbands of the home. But let me tell you something. You cannot lead. You cannot lead. By dictating. By being a dictator. You need your wife, your spouse. You need her. You need to hear what's going on in her heart. What's happening with her thoughts. And then you take everything into making that decision that you need to make. 
Verse 16 of Genesis 8. Let's wrap this up. Go out from the ark and you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Now he will continue to be their spiritual leader. He's taking everybody out of the ark. He's doing what God is telling him to do. Can you imagine the first time it rains? Like this is the only thing I kept thinking about. Like you can imagine the first time they're setting up and it rains and they're like, oh Lord. Lord, is it going to, I know you said it's not going to flood again, but that could be really scary, right? The first time the rain comes down, they're trusting God. In verse 17, here we see the animals following what God is calling them to do. Bring out the, with you every living thing that is with you. All of the flesh, uh, birds and the animals and every creepy thing that creeps on the earth that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him. So they, they had out of the ark and the, the animals and everything, the birds are released so they can do what? Repopulate the earth. And it says in verse 19, every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark in order by God, not by Noah. The animals are under God's control as well. And we see faith moving with obedience. And, and Noah moving and responding to God with what? Obedience. Is there an area in your life where you're struggling with obedience with God? Verse 20 says, Now uh, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took, uh, took some of the, uh, every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered offerings on the altar. So the first thing that Noah does, he worships God. He worships God. He builds an altar and he worships God. He's leading his family to church. He's leading his family to church. And that's what we should be doing the same. As, like we should worship. We should seek God. We should be praying. This is like you, you lead your family to church. To worship God. We give glory to God. They're giving thanks to God because they were safely brought from the flood. And giving glory to God. It's, it, it's a reminder to us this is not a, a, a lifestyle. This is a, a, we, we get to be a church. We're being a church. And you're going to learn that this weekend as we talk about the household of God. So he places on the slaughter clean animals. Every clean animal and bird burn up offering. And it begins to extend upward to Noah uh, as Noah's being obedient. And it says in verse 21, And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma... And the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of the man, for his intentions of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither again will I strike down every living creature as I have done. The aroma was pleasing to God. The worship was pleasing to God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of, of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Is, is the offering and the fragrance that you have acceptable to God? Is there something that needs to be dealt with? Is there a sin that's causing you to smell, you know, a little wretched? And I love what he says. He says that, that for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Why are the way we are? It's because of sin. It's sin. 
and and it's it and even then he he knows like they're this is how they're going to be and it's yet his mercy and his grace and his son that will come jesus but god had compassion people will say well why did god judge so harshly to the people of noah's time why hasn't god judged us now because i can tell you when we look at the things that happened in noah there was corruption there's immorality violence it's happening now and it's because from our youth we have we have a sinful nature that we were born with god told adam you will die if you eat of it and sin entered the world and we were born with it and finally in verse 22 it says while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night shall not cease so now we have the 24-hour day right we've always had that now we 24 hours day but now there's going to be seed time which is harvest is fall seed time is spring summer and winter and so now you're going to have snow the polar ice caps and all that stuff are going to start happening okay but they're going to be dealing with weather now because that canopy is gone canopy that covered the earth is gone so now weather happens oceans have currents now there's all kinds of, of things that happen now at this point and god is in control yet and so the thing that we get from this is is that to remember that it's not a politician or a scientist or anyone they can all throw out i've seen it time and time again where they say the earth is going to end by 2030 they're out of their minds there's no evidence to back that up the only person that knows the time and date when this earth will be dealt with is God. And anybody else that tries to throw you a date and a time is out of their mind. And so when we see this, this creation worship that's happening now, it's full of corruption and corruption, corrupted money with corrupted people. It's, it's, it's sick. The only one who's going to judge this world, who's in control of this world, is God. We need to remember that. So what is our application for tonight? Are you waiting patiently on God? Because Noah waited. Are you waiting patiently for God's timing and God's will? The other thing is, is the other application is God looked at Noah as a spiritual leader of the family. Are you leading your family? If not, who is? Is it your wife? Is it your kids? Because that can happen too. And if it's not the wife and it's not the kids, then it's got to be Satan. That's the reality of it. Husbands, heed the counsel of your wives. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving them honor to the wife as a weaker vessel and as uh, being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered so man are you are you taking initiative to lead your wife spiritually talking about the things of god with them are you accepting equal responsibility of your children those aren't my kids those are your kids i've said that though so i'm my dad used to say that all the time those are your mom's kids but we need to accept equal responsibility we need to understand that we need to be sharing the load Especially this Mother's Day. Right? It can't be all on the wife. 
My wife cannot do dishes all the time. My wife should never be taking the trash out of my house. That drives me crazy. Especially when I got boys that got legs that work. That's a man's job. If I ever see a woman cut the grass, it irritates me. That is a man, get out there and cut your grass. If I want to exercise, go walk around the block. I'll cut the grass. Do your job. Lead your family. Open up the Bible. Talk about what you learned. Hey, what did you learn in, in, in children's ministry? They learned about, what was this past week? Did they learn about the lions and Daniel, right? See, I don't even have a kid in there, but I asked one of the, Steve, one of the kids, what was his name? Dominique. He told me what he learned. Ask them when they come out. Engage them. Talk to your wife. Hey, what did you get from the study tonight? That you ain't leading? <laughs> right? Hey. You need to you need to talk about you know talk about these things. Talk about God. Talk about this study. Talk about what you're. Hey, I was reading this in Scripture today. Let me talk to you about it. Con continue to admonish each other with the Word of God. Continue to admonish your kids with the Word of God. Don't be afraid to pray and stop wherever you're at and pray for them. Be good listeners. Listen to your kids, but lead them. Lead them. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 